FNS is sponsored by The Boast Application. Restaurant recommendations from people you know and trust. Love it, boast it. Available for download in the App Store. Search B-O-Z-T. FNS is recorded at Black Box Studio and produced by Leo Esposito, Gene Esposito, and Justin Davies. You can contact us at Leo J. Esposito, at Gene S. Burrito, and at underscore Daybees. That's underscore D-A-Y-B-E-E-Z. Are we live? We're good? Let's go. You are now listening to the Father and Sons Fantasy Football Review Podcast, starring your host, Leo Esposito, Gene Esposito, and Justin Davies. Episode 16 of our show, FNS. 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 So, two weeks ago, we had our first guest, Lamont Bagsby. I thought... Uh, Great guy. Yeah, I thought it went really well. <laughs> it really did. Yeah, it was awesome. For being rookies at this whole podcast thing and never have making a mistake in 16 episodes. Ever. No, no <laughs> mistakes whatsoever. Well, we've still got this episode to make oh, That's true. Flawless recording uh, or recordings, I should say. Every but in all, in all seriousness, though, um, Lamont was an amazing guest. Um, I thought... I thought it was like part of the team from day one. He fit in perfectly. It was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree. He did a great job, and I was really happy with it. Justin? Oh, of course. Yeah, I mean, it's it goes without saying. Uh, are we going to grade, are we gonna grade about, it? Uh, <laughs> no. uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. It was, it, it was good. It was no, he brought good. a lot of info to the table. Uh, yes. Beat me in fantasy. Uh, so, you know. So, so next year, <laughs> next year, guests. Yes or no? Yeah, I don't know about necessarily every episode, no, but no, no. Uh, yeah, we'll have to do it more than the one time we did. Cool. And do, oh, Justin's got that. No, we're good. Think yeah. And do we invite Lamont back? That's the real question. <laughs> Only if he wants to come back. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Good deal. Good deal. Oh. All right. So as we close out the season, um, a little bit of reflection. So we actually missed last week due to the holidays it was christmas week um and logistics or logistically it was a little difficult um but when we take a look at the number of episodes we did uh this will be number 16 as i said um we didn't do any pre-season uh shows i don't think i think it was week one we did our first show or when our first show aired uh or we could say we broadcast it via Shop- Shopify. Um, Spotify. <laughs> Spotify. Shopify. It's for sale. <laughs> you can buy it on Shopify. On uh, Spotify. Um, we'll probably go into next season with a couple of pre-season shows, right? And then probably <clears throat> cover 16 weeks, right, of games, which to what you guys were saying covers... Uh, most of the fantasy season, if not all of it, for most leagues or types of leagues, um, which brings us to 18 episodes next year, which is awesome, right? We have some awesome surprises um, that we're going to put together between now and then. So uh, we'll start getting them to our audience probably in the preseason time, maybe a little bit before. 
But anyway, with that said, um, tons to cover because not only do we have two weeks of fantasy action, we also have two weeks of obviously the Chiefs and whatnot and tons and tons to talk about there. So if we reflect two Sundays ago, the Chiefs played the Saints, right? Super interesting game, primarily because Drew Brees wasn't going to play initially, and then they decided to play him, which made it a good game. So with that said, Gene, let's start with you. Impressions of that game, obviously the Chiefs were victorious, um, but I think you could argue that Breeze wasn't 100%, but still an interesting game nonetheless. So thoughts there? Yeah, I would say Breeze definitely wasn't quite 100%, and they didn't have their clear best receiver in Mike Thomas. Uh, And Mm -hmm. so uh, I thought it was a closer game than it probably should have been. And uh, I was just happy they got the win because, yeah, like I said, it was probably a little bit closer than I would have expected. Right, and... Closer because of the breeze element or closer because, again, the Chiefs play to the level of their opponent. And when we say that, the Saints are no slouch of a team, right? Yeah, they're a solid team. Uh, You know, I don't think they're going to end up winning the NFC, but uh, they are right there for it. And, uh, you know, they've got a great shot of, you know, possibly doing something in the playoffs if uh, Breeze can stay healthy. Got it. Got it. So, Justin... Your thoughts on Chiefs versus Saints? Uh, yeah, that was a, a a challenging game for the Chiefs. The Saints, as you mentioned, are a good team, and I do feel like the Chiefs do play to the level of their mm-hmm. opponent. With that being said, the Saints aren't a pushover, and so we did. No. You did see us, you know, go out there and do some things as far as you know, putting our foot down and scoring points and yeah. stopping them from scoring points, forcing turnovers getting to breeze on defense. Um, so we, we turned a lot of corners. I just still feel like sometimes we talked about this a few episodes ago about the timing of the routes. Yeah. Um, and then the connection between Mahomes and his receivers. Something something in there is missing. A or a yeah. little off, top of the routes, choice routes, um, where you where the receivers read the defense and kind of keep going on the but routes. It, but or, is it possible that teams are getting a little more dialed in to those routes? I know, I know they're very you know fluid. They make a lot of adjustments. They the could Chiefs be receivers, but right scheming it where the receivers they, are reading it differently from where Mahomes might be right, reading it. Right, because it's just more. Yeah, yeah, something is not yeah. clicking. Right, whatever yeah. that is. The other thing that I thought. What impressed me, or what what was interesting, is that the Saints were getting the pressure, or or putting as much pressure on Mahomes with only that four man, you know, front, yeah. right? And that's just, a banged up old line too. It's just uh, good, good point. Yeah, good point. But man, that was like I think that threw off his timing. Oh, for sure. The rhythm. Yeah. Right. The positive to that is he's seeing another look in yeah. a sense, right? Now. Now, yeah. exactly. And to your point, he, meaning Mahomes, when they had to have a scoring drive, yeah. it was almost like automatic. Yeah, and that's another thing Which is that, crazy. that we keep talking about. Yeah. 
they make these mistakes and, and, and bonehead plays and I'm scratching my head and pulling my hair out like, what is going on? And there's a W at the end of the day. And right. I don't, it's so hard to right. critique what they're doing because it's like, well, we're coming out with wins. Right. You know what I mean? When you listen um, to the announcers, Gino, you know, this is, this is what, I, first of all, I haven't really watched the Saints. I, I don't want to sit here and, and pick them apart, but they they did not play a clean game. Okay. Oh. That was the stains. borderline upsetting. Okay. I mean, I was like, what the heck? But that's a whole conversation for another episode yeah, or they, whatever. They put those bounties back out there. I don't know. It was <laughs> it was blatant, like, whoa, what is going on? But again, whole other conversation. But when you listen when you were listening to the at least at least for me, and you don't want to hear this. The announcers were almost like pro Saints, pro Breeze, and I'm saying this, but then all of a sudden, when when Patrick had to make it happen and did make it happen, they were like, "Well, yeah, it's Patrick. He did his thing. Game over." Yeah. Right. So so to that point, while it's frustrating, while it's like, "What's going on?" It's insane that he's able to do that. It's not just him, obviously. I mean, Kelsey yeah. was like. The stuff that he was doing was just off the charts. I don't think it was that game. It might have been Atlanta where I think he broke the record, whatever. Another record. Yeah. Right? So so at the end of the day, though, um, insane. I mean, just insane that, that they were able to do what they were able to do against the Saints. And I have to believe that the Saints felt they were in a must-win situation or they wouldn't have put Breeze back on the field. So, But I don't know. I don't know what the real story is there. So, Gene, any, any final thoughts on that? Uh, I would say that, uh, you know, they wanted to give them the best chance they had, so that's probably why Breeze played. And I mean, of course, that's what it's always going to come down to. But, uh, you know, with those rib injuries, which is what he was dealing with, uh, I'm not sure that's necessarily something that would have been 100% healed the next week either. Yeah. And it's at that point, you just got to do what's best for your chance of winning. Uh, you know, of course, you don't want to jeopardize any, uh, you know, playoff outcomes and whatnot with, you know, if your quarterback's to go down in a game like that, you can only kind of screwed at that point. But, right. um, yeah, they, they felt good about him coming back, and I don't think that he would have if he, you know, wasn't in at least a pretty good spot. Okay, so before we get to this past Sunday's game, which was against the Falcons, Gene mentioned, I'm looking at Justin, Gene mentioned that he doesn't believe the Saints will win the NFC. Thoughts on, I know we talked about this, I think we, we mentioned before possibly Green Bay, we talked about obviously the Saints. If you were to choose a team right now to win out the NFC, Justin, who do you believe has the brightest future there? Uh, Packers. I would probably have to go Packers. Yeah, Packers. Yeah, yeah it's the Packers. They're all they right have now. to do. Yeah, yeah. All they have to do is beat uh, the Bears this week, and then uh, they would clinch the NFC. Okay, and so so I think we were leaning that way a couple of weeks ago as well. We might have mentioned the Saints, as I said. Um, be very very interesting. I'm a little nervous that you know. As much as I want to be Chiefs packed, uh, if assuming the Chiefs make it all the way, um, but I think it would be an insane Super Bowl. 
you know, I think ratings-wise, that would be one of the better ones we've seen in a while. Uh, mm-hmm. For the Chiefs not being in a major market, uh, they've got an incredibly strong fan base. Right. And uh, Green Bay's Green Bay, yeah, Green Bay's yeah. even more that way. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's another place where not the strongest market, but, uh, you know, just incredibly passionate fan base. And so yeah. I think you'd have a lot of people very interested in that, especially since, you know, that's kind of the Rodgers versus Mahomes right. game in which those are the two guys. I mean, Josh Allen's kind of sneaking his way up into the conversation, but ultimately it's probably Rodgers and Mahomes that will get the majority of the votes for MVP. So there's a lot of different headlines there with that potential matchup. I think it ends up being a fantastic matchup. I think to your point, huge, huge, great stories to tell, huge viewership, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, again, nervous to, to meet up with Rodgers. But the one thing I was going to say, and they did talk about this during the Saints game, and I don't know if you heard it, but the 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 Mahomes and also other stars on the Chiefs, their fan base actually goes outside of Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Meaning there are a lot of fans, not only from the Kansas City market, that love Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Right? That love Tyreek Hill. That they they I don't know if you heard when they were asking um, Drew Brees, Drew Brees yeah. kids. They were like, yeah, "Yeah, we want a Patrick Mahomes jersey. We want to." And I actually heard that about Patriots. I think I want to say Tom Brady's kids, but I could be I could be mistaken. But those guys, you know, have an amazing fan base, which says a lot when it goes outside of the home market, right? Yeah. Okay, and into other stars' players. Oh yeah, homes. big time, <laughs> right? Which kind of says a lot about those Staples athletes. Staples of players. Right, which means that those athletes have tremendous respect yeah. for those Chiefs players, right? That's where it's coming from. Okay, good point. Very good point. Okay, so let's shift gears now to a very interesting game. Chiefs versus Falcons, okay? <laughs> Gene shaking his head. Justin's like, you know, closing his eyes. He's a little <laughs> perturbed. Uh, I don't think I've seen Patrick that excited, though. <laughs> for the last time goal. he was that excited <laughs> is when Bucker hit the game winner against Minnesota last yeah, year. And he was there hurt. you go. Yeah. There you go. So, so it was wild, wild that it came down to that. And, and I have to ask, why or how? How did that happen? Or why did it happen, Right. Shouldn't the Chiefs have been significantly more victorious? I I really don't have an answer as to why <laughs> the score was, why they played the game that they played. But a lot of when I was watching the game, as it was seven seven or super low scoring, seven seven at halftime or whatever it was, yeah. I was telling Francesca, I was like, this game. I was like, this may be the first game that I ever had to say this. But the reason why this scoreboard looks like this is because of Patrick Mahomes. I don't know what it is, yeah. but he's just off. I was like, I don't know yeah. if something's going on at home or Britney's but pregnancy. Is it, but is it, fair, is it fair to have that expectation? He is a no, superstar, it's not. Right? It's not. right? Right, It's not fair. Because he's, he's, he's obviously a superstar, but he is a human being. Every yeah. single Sunday, right? Yeah. Uh, and it is the NFL, right? Which, which, so Gino, what are your thoughts? Is it reasonable, regardless of how much he gets paid, okay, 
Because he asked some people like, well, hey, if I was getting, you know what I'm saying? Right. No. Let's, let's be real, realists here. So your thoughts, Gene. Granted, we know the expectation, but is it reasonable? Uh, I think, you know, Pat plays insane football most of the time. And so, uh, I mean, yeah, it's definitely not fair to uh, hold him to the standard of expecting it, you know, every single week. But ultimately, as fans of the Chiefs, that's kind of what you find yourself doing. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that's going to be tough on a guy, especially when he's got a home life and, you know, every other, uh, you know, thing going on outside of football. Uh, there's just so much going on that it'd be kind of crazy to um, really be that surprised by these not great games. But I do agree with Justin for sure that that's probably the first time where I really was like kind of just confused on some of the throws he was making and he just looked real nervous and uh you know was that is one time or was it just out of sync like well, i don't know if he yeah. was like worried about the mvp race or but maybe trying looking at hard. him looking at him i just it felt like he was trying too hard yeah okay. that's and fair okay i don't know because he puts a lot on himself he does and, a and, lot and it's a lot like this guy, <laughs> the way that he plays on his good days are unbelievable. Yeah. And so when it's not one of the days where he's just on, that's probably what it's going to look like. Well, here's, here's, here's okay, I'll, this is my thought on that. The good news around that is Andy Reid has seen it all. Yeah. So if anyone could recognize whether or not, or whatever it is that's off, yeah. it's him. Yeah. Right. So and we all know that or at least we believe they have an insane relationship. So hopefully they'll work that out, because even though this week coming up, it does, they, they can lose, obviously. Right. Right. It doesn't mean anything because everything's locked. Right. right? They're, they've locked the AFC. They get their buy. They have home field. Right. Right. So everything is locked. Doesn't get any better than that. So whether Patrick plays a little bit, or, he's not playing. Or yeah, they already. Not at all. Yeah, right. Henny gave okay. him, or they're giving Henny the start. Got it. So, so point being is, is yeah, it, it's it's makes perfect sense, right? You don't want to take any risk, and maybe he just needed a break, right? Who knows? We'll see. Now, with that said, though, um, I would have never guessed that it would have come down to the field goal. Now that would have tied the game, correct? So correct. We've gone to overtime. We still probably would have had like a minute. Oh, okay. To try to go about... down and do something with Oh, it. yeah, which with Patrick. It's possible. Yeah, that's yeah, true, it's possible. Right? Yeah. But, at, you know, yeah. watching that game, I was like. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, interesting to say the least. Throw All right. Freaking so, pick six or something. I was. <laughs> so let's. I didn't I, want another drive. I like where we are with, or what you said, Justin, about, or what you brought to light was he's probably just putting a lot on himself, creating unnecessary pressure. And it's potentially throwing him off. Let's assume for okay. the sake of this conversation, that's it, right? He's taking this week off. Then we have a bye. Um, we've had this conversation before post-bye weeks where Andy's record's pretty good after the it's bye. It's very good. Right? I don't yeah. want to jinx it, okay? Knock on wood. Okay. We don't have any indication of who they play, obviously, right? We won't know for we can at least speculate a week. And, and, and guess what? So I, yeah, that's what that's what we have that to figure bit. out the seating and then guess yeah. guess yeah, on the seating and then guess who wins yeah. that first matchup and yeah. then 
So no, we really wouldn't. It's hard. It's hard to no. right. Yeah, but it's yeah. gonna be. It's gonna be pretty exciting though, right? Because there's only while there's a handful of really, really, really solid teams. There's really only maybe one or two teams, probably the Chiefs and the Packers, that are more or less the elite or playing at a at a higher level or honestly, can play. I honestly right <laughs> now I think people would gladly include the Bills in that because one they're winning I was big ask games, you about the Bills. but they're two, loving the Bills right now. Yeah, two they're playing a lot better than the Chiefs are right now, and of course you still put the Chiefs in that category because Pat can go nuts at any time in yeah. this. You know, that offensive group is just set up to, you know, really go nuts in the playoffs. But, you know, at, the same, <laughs> at the same time, you know, the Chiefs are getting in uh, that, you know, in that one, two or three, you know, top whatever um, teams conversation just for like pass play and what they're capable of. So I'd say, you know, they're not necessarily one of the top couple of teams at the moment and at you know, if you're still including them in it, then you've got to throw the Bills in there as well because they're without a doubt playing the best football right now. Wow. So so interesting because Bills are in the AFC, correct? Yes. So they could meet in the AFC championship. Wow. But and Buffalo will have to play in the first round. Got it. Got it. So, so looking at this projected yeah. playoff thing yeah, let's here on let's NFL or CBS.com. I love it. They've got Chiefs with the bye, and then Buffalo against Cleveland for the first round. Mm. Pittsburgh against Baltimore for the first round. Mm. Tennessee against Miami for the first round. So oh there'll be – I mean, granted, those four teams at the, – the AFC, there's four or five teams fighting for those three. I think it's right. five teams can all get fighting, yeah, fighting for those last those, three those spots. Those are solid games. Those can go any way. Yeah. Four, five, six, and seven are all like – yeah, can be jumbled up differently. Right. Looking at that, I would expect them to meet probably the uh, Titans. I think the Again. Steelers beat the Ravens, right. and then you're just at that point, it's just lowest seed, so you're at that point automatically either getting the Dolphins or the Titans. And, of course, this is mean. not sh- – and none of this is set you know stone. set in stone at or concrete. All. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean – some of these teams listed here can still not even make the playoffs, you know, with how many 10 and five teams you currently have. Right. Uh, and right. so, uh, yeah, I would, I would guess currently that they'll meet Tennessee. Okay. So, so, but that can easily change with seeding. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. So Tennessee and then possibly for the championship, the bills. Yeah, as of now, I mean, it, of course, it can change so much yeah, just after this yeah. last week of games where you got teams like the Chiefs not even you know playing their quarterback. But yeah, this, this last week can definitely have a big impact on how you know the playoffs kind of shake out. What other what other teams have buys? That's, that's it. on. That's it. Only, this year they Chiefs. dropped. They added in a playoff team. You know, of course, they want the extra playoff game, uh, more money, more revenue, especially this year when, you know, they're going to be hurting in the revenue department. Uh, And so they dropped it to where uh, there are now seven playoff teams for each conference. Oh, it's only one team got the buy? Yeah, yeah, so the Chiefs already locked it in for the AFC. And I was saying earlier, I expect the Packers to beat the Bears and lock it up for the NFC. And they play this weekend. Yes. Right. So everyone Rod- plays Sunday so this Rogers week. Rodgers is probably playing in that game because they need to lock it up. I have to think so because these, yeah. they've got teams on their tail, and you know, 
I think now more than ever with the uncertainty of, you know, guys getting banged up and, you know, possibly getting COVID, this, that, and the other. Right now, those buys just feel really important to me. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Interesting stuff. Okay. I love it. All right. So shifting gears to the fun stuff. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Who wants to go first? Uh, I was actually in, well, not to say that Justin didn't make it far because his league is 24 teams and it's got all the brackets and all, all of that. But, um, Justin made the semis and his, and I made the championship in mine. And no, wait, no, wait, which leagues are we talking? Okay. About? So in yearly, neither of us made <laughs> the, uh, championship. But uh, did you lose the game prior to the championship or yearly, two games? I got bounced in the first round. Um, of yearly. Yeah, of the playoffs. And um, how many rounds are in the playoffs? Playoffs. Three. Playoffs. It's three okay. rounds with both leagues. Okay. And so then in Dynasty, uh, I won it year one. I was you know, on the reigning champ, or I was. And I'm... Um, Projected That's to beat okay, this man. guy by like twenty five points. Projection, yeah. Uh, you know what? Favorite word. Projections <laughs> gave me the finger because, you know, I ended up losing, and uh, this guy's team went on a real tear to end the season. Uh, I think he had a hundred and fifty or hundred and ten points or more the last like five weeks of the season. And so this is a team where, you know, at the middle of the season, I would have been like, oh, hell no, he's not winning at all. He just uh, had to trade for Todd Gurley, um, trying to uh, fill the hole of losing Saquon Barkley for the year. At that time, Chubb had also just been rolled out for a couple weeks. And so he's scrambling to add a guy like Gurley. Well, he got hot at the end of the year and won. Um, okay, he's so, a good guy, so, so I was the, happy for him. So wait, so you played in the championship? I did, yeah. I, uh, my team kind of played like shit. And, and this is for Dynasty. Yeah, and so he and beat me by a good 20-something points. So, so okay. Because so, his guy, the last guy, he had a guy in the Monday night game, and he went for like 30-something points. Is this Diggs? Yeah, Diggs. Yeah. Okay, so, so not getting too far ahead of ourselves – did your players just fall way short of projections or did his players just like ball and exceed projections? So it was both, honestly. Mine went under expected and his went over. And, uh, Can't control that. Yeah, you know, uh, on paper I would have been like, oh, I got this in the bag. But uh, he had some guys step up in a major way. Uh, he decided to sit Allen Robinson for C.D. Lamb, which – if like common sense wise would have been like no you absolutely go Allen Robinson but CD went for two touchdowns and had some yardage and so he put up twenty instead of Allen Robinson's just under ten. Now if you and ask him would that would he say oh that was a mistake or just a lucky guess or no I purposefully it, did it knowing the projections <laughs> indicated at that time that he needed to take a risky shot in the dark like that because he didn't know that his last guy on Monday night football would ultimately go for 35 points and this, that, and the other. And so, yeah, I was a little surprised he did it, but you know, that those are the kind of savvy moves it takes to win it all. But here's the deal at the end of the day. Okay. You made it to the playoffs in your yearly league and you made it to the championship for your dynasty league. 
So, not yeah, too making, shabby. making the playoffs in both and making the championship in one of them, uh, honestly, was the one time where I was kind of sad that I wasn't in more leagues. Ah, got Ooh. it. Got it. So, you're saying then what I'm saying that you had a pretty good year. I did. Um, you know, in yearly, uh, I think, you know, I could have probably made the championship had my team not played like absolute ass the first week. But ultimately, it wouldn't have mattered because the guy in the championship uh, put up over 200 points wow. in the standardly. Yeah, he had Kamara. He had he had some heavy hitters. And wow. so, yeah, I've only seen that a handful of times in all my years of playing standard fantasy football leagues. And so, wow. That's a yeah, lot of points. Yeah. That's I, insane. I, I was very impressed. And it was kind of nice knowing that that week one didn't necessarily cost me a whole lot. Um just knowing that it would have come to an end with a, you know, kind of pounding in that championship. But yeah, I mean, uh, I am it's definitely okay to say pounding. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, phrase, we, don't have to, we don't have to edit that okay. phrasing. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I was definitely disappointed that I didn't win in Dynasty. But, uh, you know, it's a great league uh, with some guys that are really committed to making their teams better. And, uh, you know, I'm not necessarily upset to have had, uh, you know, another team step up and show that, uh, you know, it's a deep league. Gotcha. Well, I'm looking forward to preseason to learn about what you've done or or are in the offseason to prep yourself for next season. But that... That's in several months from now. So, Justin, correct me if I'm wrong. You started with, was it four leagues? Started with four leagues, correct. So, so let's recap. How did, how many of those made it to the playoffs again? Three made the playoffs. Um, one with the family league. Uh, one with the work league. Mm-hmm. And then the, the one I'm bank blanking on Dynasty. is Dynasty. Yeah, you made it in Dynasty. Right, and I okay. got bounced in the first round. Got it. So, so Dynasty yep, first So you did round. make it in three. Yeah. So. Which is pretty good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay, that's so solid. First, first, that's exceptional. So first round Dynasty, what happened with the family league? The family league in the semis, I was against Lamont, as we talked about last week or two weeks ago on the, the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. That's um, right. How'd it go? And... Like I said, as I <laughs> predicted, the matchups were just not very good in my favor. Um, I had, you know, let's see, who who can I name off? I had Mike Davis, who didn't do a whole bunch. I had um, Devontae Adams, who two weeks ago didn't do a whole bunch. So it, it just wasn't. Was it a close wasn't, game? No, or? no. Okay. It was 30-point difference. Oh, jeez. So jeez. that one I didn't have any hope for. I set my lineup, and I just was like. Okay, so then what happened with the work league? So the work league, uh, very interesting. I started off the week very good with Josh Allen at quarterback for the Bills. He had like what thirty seven points at a, wow. as a quarterback. Yeah. So I'm sitting pretty on 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 Friday or Saturday night. I can't remember which day. That was a Saturday game. Yeah. And then you know Sunday morning I woke up and <laughs> reevaluated my lineup and I was like, all right, man, let's go. And it just guys fell flat. Like again, I had Devontae Adams that Saturday night game he only put up 11 or 12 points uh, in ppr full ppr which is not a lot um so i just had a lot of guys just not show up and then not meet not meet projection. expectations yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
it was that it was that kind of sunday these expectations based on projections yes (laughs) it was that kind of sunday though and very early on i was like okay well this is my fate and this is what it's gonna be and i didn't win and it's okay i had because because even though i told myself that i still was just in a bad mood all day but right what, right. what made it even even funnier, you know, we look at our lineups the following week in this league, and if I'd have made it through this playoff, through this game, I would have killed oh, really? the championship week because I had Josh Allen, who had over 30, mm-hmm. Alvin Kamara, who had over 50, um, Devontae Adams, who had over 40. Wow. So it was like... They showed up for championship week, but I just couldn't push through. And a lot of it had Crazy. to do with uh, Logan Thomas as my uh, tight end on my bench who had 20 in that semis week. But the tight end that I played, um, TJ Hawkinson, only had one point. Okay, so question. And I lost by 20. Uh, so now that the <laughs> season is over, fantasy, obviously. Yeah. Any nugget that comes... You know, I'll say that you can take away with either A, anything you did, could have done, should have done, learned. Does anything come to mind? And while Justin's thinking, Gino, you can jump in. Is there anything that you can say, you know, as I reflect on this season, here's what I learned and am going to take away for next year? I would say the thing I'm taking away from this season, and this is more so for Dynasty, uh, but because my trades in yearly were all bang up trades that all worked out well. But in Dynasty, um, I just pulled the trigger on some too fast. Um, just kind of, you know, thinking I needed a change when I really didn't. Got um, it. And Got it. so patience. Yeah, patience. Patience, patience is key for sure. Okay. Uh, I. This year, I'm taking away that, like, I wouldn't really make any drastic changes in fantasy moving forward until, you know, the signs point to it being absolutely necessary. Got it. So, again, I think, so patience, I think, is is the best label or nugget for what you experienced this year. Yeah, definitely. Justin. Any anything from what you experienced? Um, you know, I really, I, I really am pleased with the way that nice. I prepared myself for nice all those weeks of fantasy podcast. I, I don't know if you guys know, but I was going hard in the paint as far as mock drafts and we do not you YouTube videos. And <laughs> told us it was it was day in and day out, multiple times a day. And so, the only thing I will say is that research, almost ninety percent of it was based on full PPR. And I think next year, I need to move some of that more towards standard so that I can have a more of a presence. Balance or, and yeah, more okay. of a, not so much of a balance, but just to be able to know what I'm talking about in standard Got as it. much as I do in full PPR. Got it. Yeah. Right, because it's interesting that you say that because you know, I remember our first episode, like half of it, I say half, probably 80% of it, I didn't even <laughs> know, right? Yeah. So... Um, <laughs> Points per reception. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, how many yards? But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end of the day, um, okay. That that I love it. I love it. So so it makes sense. And each year, again, Gene, you've been doing it for over ten years, right? Yeah, probably about fifteen. Wow, Justin. Off and on, probably like 
six or seven years. Okay. Yeah. And you guys learn a little bit each year. It seems like you get more into it. Um, as we reflect on uh, you know our show, we've learned a lot as well. Um, hopefully, we've introduced some uh, bits of solid information to our listeners. Um, but with that said, um, let's. I don't know if you if you pulled up real quick as kind of a recap. Yeah. Obviously, the season the real season isn't over. But who were the top points earners? Uh, for fantasy this year. And we're not going to really include QBs in this. Okay. Right. As you can and, imagine, and Juan, they're going to be the ballers, the Okay, which is, which is interesting yeah. because early on I was like, hey, you know, QB, Why aren't yeah, QBs? Yeah. But because there's a lot of them. Right, That's right. That's it all. makes perfect yeah. sense, right? Okay, so QBs are not going to be included. So uh, how many are you reading off? Is it the top 10? Top? We can do 10. Let's yeah. do 10. Okay, so... And, and, and um, tell us name, to, position, yeah. point. Okay. And cool. to be fair, I'll go and do a half PPR uh, to please both sides. Got it. Um, at the top, I have Alvin Kamara running back for the New Orleans Saints with 336. Um, so this is the highest? Games. This is number one? Or this is, the, this is the bottom? This is the number one okay. at the top. So 336. 336. Wow. And then we go down to Dalvin Cook, who is right behind him. Um, with 315, running back for the Minnesota Vikings, 315 through 14 games because he, he got injured yeah. and missed some time. Uh, then number three is Derrick Henry, running back for the Tennessee Titans with 288. Mm. Um, we've got Devontae Adams right behind Derrick Henry from the Green Bay Packers with 287. Tyreek Hill nice. coming in, Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver with 285. Mm. We've got Travis Kelsey, first wow. tight end on the board. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs, 260. That's just insane for a tight end. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely not. Stephon Diggs, wide receiver, Buffalo Bills, 254. Remind me where we are because I'm, I'm reading these off. Yeah, we're at like anymore. five or six. Okay. And then quarterback, 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 Calvin Ridley. Kevin Ridley's a guy. Breakout year for yeah, sure. Yeah, breakout year for him. And I knew that was coming, and I missed him on all my drafts. I think I, everyone knew. Now you missed, oh, yeah. every, you missed him because he was picked up, or yes. you decided not to go with him? Both. Okay. Like, I had him on my board at a specific spot in my drafts where I wanted to get him, yeah. and everyone knew he was going to break out, and so he just... Yeah, he was one guy, I would say, that was really well known, that he was in for a big year, and, um, you know... He, you kind of had to take him higher than you would have liked to have yeah. to get him for what he had done so far in his career. But looking back, it was a very reasonable spot and maybe even a little undersold on him um, at the end of the day for the kind of season he ended up having. So at the end of the day, he absolutely met projections. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yes, he was in there right after uh, Stefan Diggs. With uh, 229. DK Metcalf wow. comes in right after wide receiver for the Seattle Seahawks with 226. James Robinson, that's another guy who. Yeah, third in rushing yards in the league and somehow didn't get picked for the Pro Bowl. Wow. Sad story. Wait, th- wait. Third overall third most overall. rushing yes. yards yes. and doesn't get Undrafted. picked? Undrafted. Yep. What the yes. heck? Yeah, 1,400 plus scrimmage yards most ever by an undrafted player. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of like 
Notre Dame making the college football playoffs. Oh, don't even get me started. <laughs> <laughs> That's an absolute joke. So, okay, I gotta ask. I want to ask two questions be, before we we finish for for the for the season. So, um, first question is this: Is um, were there when you think when you reflect on the season, which player like jumps out as saying, "Oh my God, nobody ever expected him to do that this year," right? Again, when we talk about projections. Whether we call it a breakout, whether we, whatever, right? Yeah. What? Who? Who immediately comes to mind? I would probably have to go with James Robinson. This is a this is a team, the Jag- Jacksonville Jaguars, who at the very beginning of the season, I think it may have been like before it started, they released Leonard Fournette, right? And then so they had uh, Chris Thompson, and everyone's like, "Oh, it's going to be Chris Thompson. Oh, it's going to be um, I can't Cal pronounce Einstein. his name." Oh, Raquel Armstead, and yeah. then you got the the guy last name O, O. Oh, Zigbo. Zigbo, and there was this other guy, James Robinson, where people were like, "Well, he they drafted him. He may be the guy, but he's probably going to be number two or number three on the depth chart." And he just exploded onto the scene, man. And he just, like Gene said, he yeah. Ar- Armstead got COVID yeah. multiple times, either before the season or during it. And so I think that kind of flung the door wide open for Robinson because everything was trending towards Armstead being the starter. And then he gets COVID and Robinson just explodes through and just yeah. really takes advantage of the opportunity. Wow. Well, good for him. Okay. So, so Gene, anyone comes to mind or? The guy that came to mind for me was uh, Tunyon for the uh, Packers. You know, they... It was kind of known that they needed more receiving options for uh, Rodgers. And, uh, you know, there were a bunch of guys that it was like, oh, they could, but no one's really, you know, definite in being expected to do so. And so, uh, you know, they really needed someone other than Adams to be there as a receiver. And uh, I would say, yeah, he did a great job stepping up uh, tight end there for not even being the starter at times at the beginning of the year. Got it. Okay, so last question. I'm going to go to Justin and Gino. So as you prepare for next season, right, whenever you start doing that, how much does or do these numbers come into play? Meaning, do you immediately go to, hey, who are the top 10? Who are the top 15? Who are the top 20? And focus on them, talking a little bit of strategy and ending Mm -hmm. on that note. Um, Yes, uh, to an extent, I just will be making sure that the way that these guys got these points is their offense going to look the same next year? Is their coaching going to look the same next year? So you first want to look at these guys whose systems, who have great continuity, nothing's changing, no players are leaving. Makes sense. No players are coming in who might take their spot. Or still spotlight, but yes, I'm gonna definitely reference these top guys. But you don't take the points for face value. No. To your point, no. Okay. Um, yeah, you definitely can't assume that a guy is just for sure gonna, uh, you know, produce those numbers again. Uh, that Justin was, that mentioned. Was my question. Yeah, Justin yeah. mentioned some important factors on that front for sure. Uh, the thing I would argue is knowing the top ten, you know. Uh, of course, it's important for that first pick or two, but I would argue knowing the draft as a whole, 
uh, and like the sleepers and whatnot is really what wins leagues because yeah, it's great to know those top 10 guys. And of course you want to get as many of them as possible, but ultimately you don't really know that going into the season and, you know, having those gut feelings about, Oh, I think this guy could go from nobody to star, um, like a Tunyon or, um, Robinson, you know, uh, I think that's what ultimately changes rosters for the better, uh, really depth-wise and just like chance of winning it all-wise. Okay. So, in a word, Justin. Yeah. <laughs> sum up the fantasy season for 2020. That's a tough one. Almost. Oh, Chino. Tease. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> With that said, until next season, FNS. FNS. FNS.